0: As I get all my uh, microphones turned on, and uh, beginning to welcome you to the council. Uh, it is Friday, and boy, have we had a crazy week this week. Uh, I do want to do a quick shout-out, since we didn't get a chance to do our announcement. We we're running a few minutes, or a couple of minutes behind, technical problems, anytime you're Working with new technology and bringing people in in new and innovative ways. Things happen and we're not able to uh, quite sync up all the time, but we've got it now. And um, just want to make our announcements uh, first. I want to thank magicfinancing.com. Magic Financing is our sponsor of the show here at the council. And if you are in need of a car, a used car, uh, you're looking at a time to be able to buy your dream car. These are the people to go to. They will help you. Ask for Maurizio. Maurizio has been helping my family and I for a long time, decades here, in getting a new car for all of us uh, and putting us in the cars of our dreams. And they will help you if you're struggling with finances. They will help you if you are in need and will get you the car of your dreams. So check out magicfinancing.com. And again, ask for Maurizio and tell him Charlie sent you. Also, um, you know, we are, uh, you know, I have a, a book out, it's called uh, Meditations with Masters of the Axial Age, and it's a book, it's a self-help book for the soul, and there are six masters in this uh, book that you will learn from uh, in order to help heal some of your deepest wounds, to help you give a greater perspective and understanding of life, uh, your life in most of particular, and how you can be an effective change agent in this world especially with the times that we are living in. We are living in chaotic times and in turbulent times, times that will cause and create and are creating upheaval and distress. And um, we are in more need now of the, the, the laws of truth and goodness and justice and peace uh, more than ever before. Uh, what has happened to George Floyd um, in... Uh, in Minneapolis is just absolutely crushing and devastating. And I want to spend a couple of moments in recognition and honoring of that man's life and that man's soul. Uh, what happened to him was abominable. It was, um, a crime against humanity. And, uh, it just shows that, uh, we still have some ways to go in our relations with, uh, race relations in our country. Um, to hear that man wasn't breathing and to say, I can't breathe. I mean, at some point, you know, I want to, when I watched that video and I don't have any comments, I mean, I came to the show today, just kind of uh, wanting to speak from my heart on it and not really having a, a set speech. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. But in this case, I think it's important for us to be vulnerable and open and honest about things. Uh, he was on top, that police officer was on top of him for seven minutes, on top of his neck, putting his knee into his neck and he couldn't breathe. And he's asking for his mama and he's asking And I just wanted to jump right through that video when I saw it. And I said, oh, can't you understand you're on top of that man's neck? Get off of it. I wanted to jump right through there and, 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 and knock him over and, and, and give that, you know, he's already arrested. He can't do anything. And it's time for people to really, you know, we've got a, we have a potential to have an extraordinary culture in society because of our diversity and uniqueness. But if we continue to act like we're we're subhuman, if the if the people who are there to protect us aren't looking at the people that that they don't see that they're there to protect all of us, no matter what color, religion, creed, sexual orientation, it doesn't matter. You're there to protect and there to serve. And all life is precious and you get off of a man. When they're asking and they can't breathe, you get off of that. You know, and, and I think I'm pretty I have a lot of friends in law enforcement and I'd have the most utmost respect and admiration for what they do and how they serve. But people like this man here, this officer who was on top of this and, and, and killed this man in front of us. Uh, he's done greater injustice to the people who serve in the, in the blue uniform. They're going to have to pay the price for his actions. And there's great people that serve. They really are actually trying to do the best they can to keep us safe and protected in our cultures, in our societies, in our communities. And, you know, the poor people that are that are devastated by this in those communities. I mean, they have. Gosh, they've suffered enough, you know, and these are outcries Mm -hmm. by the populace when you see them rioting in the streets. You know, this is people who feel like they haven't been heard. Who You know, riots are the way, I think Martin Luther King said, riots are, are, are ways for people to feel heard. It's the voice of the unheard. It's, it's how they get draw say, you know, enough is enough. And the tragic thing is, is it devastates the communities that they live in. The people who are trying to, to, to climb out of those situations and to bring coherence and harmony in their, in their, in their communities, uh, it sets these communities back. And we've got to have we've got to we've got to heal this uh, as a culture and as a nation. And, um, you know, it just makes me so angry and we're all angry. and We all I don't think there's anybody who's seen that video who doesn't demand justice. And there needs to be justice for George Floyd. And uh, that's that's critical. Um, and those officers need to be held accountable. Uh, we also need to recognize that we that not every officer is a bad officer. There's a lot of great ones, a lot of them. I know a lot of them. And this is not the standard way of dealing with things. And so we've gotta we gotta get to the core cause and the core reasons why these things have not been addressed and start making amends and, and healing the rifts between our police and, and the black community. And uh, you know, and and making those efforts not just with words but actions. You know, and I have a, a dear friend of mine. She grew up in that area, and she is just, you know, uh, pulverized, devastated by what has happened. And it brings back a lot of memories for her as a child growing up there. Um, I just want to honor him, and I will hope that we as a country can come together in a way this time to to start making the right choices to bring, uh, you know, bring justice to people who have felt like there hasn't been any justice in a long time. Um, it's funny, we would just had Memorial Day. And uh, um, at the end of the show, I want to share with you a little bit of story about where Memorial Day originated from. And it's a beautiful story that was in Charleston, South Carolina. <clears throat> and I think it'll be, uh, hopefully, it's, it'll start it'll help you to understand what the reconciliation uh, process how it starts the reconciliation gestures and after these these riots pass and things calm down we need to look at authentic real reconciliation for all the communities involved so we can heal this rift that goes back many hundreds of years so anyway enough of my rambling let's talk about some things that are going to help to inspire you to get you focused on what is possible in your life and the things that can make you become the best version of yourself. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, we had on the council here, we had an amazing guest. Uh, she's on with us again. I just can't wait to continue our conversation. Uh, her name is Rosio A. Perez. Uh, she is the principal of Inventiva Consulting. And she's an expert with more than 20 years in developing talent and energizing teams Designing and executing business and marketing strategies that help businesses have an even more profitable future by saving them time, energy, and money. Uh, She's the former president and CEO of Definitive Marketing, LLC, and a multicultural marketing consulting firm. Uh, She's a dynamic bicultural entrepreneur who's developed innovative strategies with a focus on multicultural markets and social responsibility. Um, If I told you her current clients and past clients, it's a huge list. It's enormous. And uh, she is the author of Unstoppable, Seven Steps to Becoming a More Intentional Leader. Amazon number one bestseller. Rocio, welcome back to the show.
1: Carly, it is such a pleasure. Every time I hear you speak, I mean, you touch my heart, the work that you're doing, and thank you for honoring our people. Thank you for honoring Henry. Thank you for honoring everyone that's here in our world, right? We're one race. We're Mm -hmm. humans. We're humans. Right, and honor and inspire and love and just cherish being with each and every one of us. There's been so many that have gone, unfortunately, before us, so...
0: Thank you for doing that. Oh, well, it's uh, it just thank you for, for saying that. I I figure, uh, you know, we all have to do our part. You know, we all have to make sense of, of things that happen. And, you know, we're not uh, we don't always get to choose the things that happen to us, you know, or a society or a culture. But by gosh, we got to learn the lessons and we got to be able to make better choices. And, I, you know, Rosie, what I feel is like we're in one of these times where we are being tested. We're being pushed. The things that need to be looked at, the things that need to be examined, the things that need to be faced are coming up for us to be faced. And some of it's not pretty. Some of it's ugly. And it was really ugly what happened here earlier this week. Mm -hmm. And we need to face it with honesty, with truthfulness, with vulnerability, with being able to, um, and the willingness to make the amends, to atone and do the right thing. Um, because if we don't face it now, we're going to have to face it again, you know. And um, so anyway, wh- where is what do you feel is one of the most important things for us as a, in a time where we're going through such upheaval and such uh, changes and transformation? But also, what, are th- what do you think people can start? What you what do you think people need to do in order to be able to. To be able to focus on what is possible within them, when so many things in, in our culture and our society is pulling them apart, how can they stay grounded? How can they stay centered? Well, first
1: and foremost, this time is not helping us. Right, and acknowledging the fact that we must we're disconnecting from our own humanity. To take a look at that, the fact that we're not being social, the fact that this physical distancing is also—I keep on hearing on the news—it's social distancing. Well, let's talk about physical distancing. Let's not separate ourselves from other humans because we're meant to connect. That's when we're happy. That's when we're the happiest that we're enjoying connecting with other individuals. One of the things that I think is so important is to remember to take care of ourselves during these times and at all times. To be selfish and selfish in a sense with self, take care of self, meditate, get up in the morning, do some exercise, do some breathing exercises, do whatever makes you happy, find your success ritual. I think so many of us are just going without that. We're not giving anything to ourselves, and therefore we have nothing to give to others. Take that time in the morning, whether it's one hour, half hour, whatever that means. To me, it's three hours. Mm -hmm. Hey, you call me at 6 a.m., I'm most likely going to be walking or working out or having breakfast or doing something that really nourishes my soul, something that really awakens me and inspires me in the morning. By the time I'm on my first call at 7.30 in the morning, Charlie, I am on fire. I am excited. I'm excited to connect with people. I'm excited to see what they're doing. I'm excited to hear their successes in their life, and I highly encourage Each and every person in my life and in my world to do the same, to take care of you. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, the very people that we're here to serve, we end up resenting. Mm
2: -hmm. No, absolutely. yeah,
1: Yeah. we, We do. We end up resenting. And whether we're doing so much for someone and like, wow, there's nothing left for me. There's no time left for me. There's no resources. There's no something. So feed your soul first. Take care of self first, and then we can go out and spread the love and the joy and the excitement and just being look at the world from opportunity and possibility. We can come out like the greatest generation, the greatest people of all time out of this particular circumstance, given that we look inside, Mm -hmm. reflect, what is it that I'm doing? Take a look at our own impact. I talk about the ripples of our impact as my next book is coming out. And talking about how do, how am I impacting people? Mm-hmm. And it's not just about acts of kindness, because we think about random acts of kindness. Let's talk about intentional acts of kindness. Let's talk about making a true change, a true difference in someone's life. What does that look like? What would it look like if I have a friend who's suffering from cancer or whatever's going on in their life to really help them fill their cup? Right mm-hmm. to take care of them to really strengthen them, strengthening their family and strengthening the world. In the end, that's the key for me. Mm-hmm. Success comes one step at a time, and it also comes by being intentional. It is intentional in everything we do. It's intentional about the way we, that we exercise. It's intentional even to the way that we eat. Right, because sometimes we're numbing ourselves, whether it's with alcohol, or, food or sleep, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We're still numbing is numbing. Right, and being stuck is being stuck. Mm -hmm. You know, whether we've been in that place for a very long time, or we think, "Wow, this is the way I am." Really, I see the way that we're supposed to be is where kids are excited, people are excited, Mm -hmm. we're in joy of connecting with each other. Like I couldn't wait to get on this call today (laughs) to be with you, to be with Henry, to see you guys, and just to share some a moment in time with another amazing human being. What if we were to look at individuals from that perspective, Mm -hmm. from a place of love and compassion and empathy to know that they want exactly the same things Mm -hmm. that we want. I remember in many of my exercises during my conferences, individuals getting in in a circle and they had never stood in front of another human being and just looked eye to eye, Mm -hmm. to really look at their humanity and understand to the depths of the core of the depths of their being that we do make a difference and that they also want the same thing versus being afraid of somebody else. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. Fear only comes from the unknown. Mm -hmm. Let's just go ahead and open up, take a look at who we are being in this world because who we are being right now, I know that's not who we came to be. -hmm. Oh, I agree. Yeah. We're far more powerful. We
0: are so much more powerful and being able to see each other's humanity. I think you hit on the point there that is so appropriate and so needs to be understood and acknowledged and recognized and seeing beyond skin, seeing beyond race, seeing beyond ethnicity, seeing into the truth of who people are. They all have the same fundamental instincts, family instincts. They have the same uh, hopes and dreams for their families to be able to provide and take care of and raise their children and give them the best nurturance and care that they possibly... These are all universal. You find this anywhere. It does not matter where on the planet you were born from. And so being able to connect to and seeing that somebody's first you know seeing their humanity and I love that's one of the exercises that you do in being able to see people and having that sense of you know uh, of looking at people seeing them truly seeing them one of my favorite exercises that I ever did uh, and this was when I was working in LA we did this with the Mindful Warrior Project and we would have people sitting across from each other and just saying I see you you know from the movie Avatar. You. <laughs> Avatar you know I see you And just letting that sit in, I see you. And and of course, you feel uncomfortable and nervous and all those things at the beginning. But suddenly, all of a sudden, those layers start, new layers start coming off. And then all of a sudden, you're tapping into that vulnerability. And sometimes people would cry. Sometimes people would smile and laugh. But to truly see somebody's humanity, I think, is such incredibly important, especially during times like this.
1: And that's really what's most important right now when we're looking at other individuals, when we're looking at people for who they are mm-hmm. and for who they came to be, and even ourselves, for who we came to be, what does it look like? You know, I have one of my favorite Indian poems that where, where there's righteousness in the heart, mm-hmm. there's beauty in the character. And when there's beauty in the character, there's harmony in the home. When there is harmony in the home, there's order in the nation. And when there's order in the nation, there's peace in the world. Mm-hmm. And when we look at that, when we can really look at the core of the core of our being and see that everything starts and ends with me, mm-hmm. right? When, And I love listening to people from all over the world. But one of my other favorite pastors who mentioned, he's like, if there's no enemy outside, the enemy within us will do us no harm, right? Like there's no enemy inside, there's no enemy outside. So let's stop looking through that, right? Let's look through who we really are as human beings. How do we touch, move and inspire and connect with individuals in ways that we could only connect with them? How amazing would it be that we can go ahead and look at that? I know I wake up every morning and I think about, what are the gifts, what do I want this world to be? And for me, I'm the gifts of love, kindness, and courage. That's what Mm -hmm. I live by. And I am contributing strength, wholeness, and grace. And I'm looking at creating a world of unity, compassion, and peace. What does that look like? Living by integrity, honesty, and practice. Mm -hmm. What does that look like for us in every day? How do each and every one of us better connect with that part of ourselves?
0: Absolutely. And it's also coming to grips and recognizing that there's two forces inside of every one of us that we have to battle and and waking up, just like you're saying, you're starting the day off. I start my day off very similar where I'm meditating in the mornings. Most every morning, I, you know, I can say consistently, I'm up, I'm doing that for at least 20 minutes a day. I'm setting my intentions. I'm organizing my day. I want to bring you know, the, the best in me, knowing that you know, I want to be honorable. I want to be truthful. I want to be honest, kind, compassion, merciful, forgiving, courageous—all those things that I want to cultivate. I want to imbue in my life and 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 put into my actions. And there are forces inside of every human being that we have to contend with. It depends, and I think you were talking about one of the, that. In, it's a beautiful poem, an Indian poem. But there's another one, and I think it's I I don't know if it's Cherokee or I don't know which one it is. But you have two wolves that you feed. One wolf is the one of love and compassion and kindness and tenderness and uh, empathy and, you know, being uh, that sense of keeping your word and giving. And then you have the other one, the other wolf, which is the anger, the greed, the envy, the jealousy, the, 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 the rage, the hatred, all of those things that are in every human being. And what wolf you feed is the one that grows if you if you feed the anger and you feed the hatred and you feed the 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 envy and all those things that's the wolf that grows and you could put on a good face but that's what you feel on the inside but you can also feed the other one and we're all required at times like these to be able to choose and that's why i love you how you set it in at your intention right at the beginning that we got to take care of ourselves And by setting those clear intentions on which wolf we feed is going to really map out what our day is going to be like.
1: Right. And we're the ones that are creating our world. And that's Mm. to take a look at that. Nobody told us that we're creating our world. Nobody told us that our results are our results. Everybody thinks that something's happening to us. It's not happening to us. It's happening for us. Mm. Right. And it's happening as a result of who I am being in this moment. Mm -hmm. If I know how to learn, if I learn how to control my thoughts, Anywhere, we have anywhere from 50,000 thoughts to 70,000 thoughts a day. And those thoughts are my grandmother's thoughts and her great-grandmother's thoughts and everybody's thoughts Mm -hmm. over again. And I guarantee you, those are the same thoughts that you were thinking the day before. You're just not aware of them. So when we present ourselves to other people, who we are being in that moment is truly who we can choose who we are being at every single moment. So one thing, who we are being is the past because our mind is going to run by itself over and over mm-hmm. again. What about us taking a moment, taking a step back, taking a look and saying, hey, who do I choose to be? Who did I come to be? Let's mm-hmm. look at that first and foremost. I came from love to love through love, right? Mm-hmm. All of it, all of the above, right? And when we're looking at that, that I make this world a better place. The way that I show up, who am I being? Am I being generous with myself? Even am I showing up? Am I showing up and I'm just bringing all the negativity into the world or am I bringing all the positivity like I am excited to be here Mm -hmm. I am excited to share this moment with you this moment in time time does not stop for anyone us. if anything that we have that's very constant for all of us that we were all born equal in the sense that we all have the same time right Mm -hmm. we all have what we do with our time is very different and when we're looking at that when we become consciously aware that hey, who did I come to be? How am I taking care of myself? Who am I choosing to be? Because it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And what, which wolf are we feeding? Mm-hmm. Am I creating love in this world because we're either building or we're destroying, mm-hmm. Right? Well, of course. And, sometimes, yeah. and so at times, let's just be honest, Charlie, how many times do we bring a child down?
0: Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah.
1: no, no. We start immediately. No. Yeah. Child starts walking. Don't touch, move. You're going to get hurt. You can get burned, this, whatever, as opposed to telling somebody what they're doing well right. or finding something else for them to do. And when an, an adult, you know, when we start gr- growing up, as we become a teenager, what happens during that time as well as impacting us?
0: Well, and, and it's also recognizing, too, and this is like a uh, a big a big metaphysical spiritual understanding is that we do co-create our our reality. It's one of those things that got downloaded into our consciousness around the 60s when this opening happened, this spiritual awakening happened for many, many people. And we're seeing that happen as we are, you know, we learn very often we we see it when negative happens. You know, when, when negative things happen in our culture, in our society. Somebody thinks a negative thought, this person hates me or this is a no good whatever. And you th- start thinking about it, and then other people are start thinking about it, and then all of a sudden you recognize: I keep thinking these thoughts, and now I'm surrounded by other people who think these thoughts, and now we're acting on those thoughts. So yes, our thoughts are creating our reality. We also don't realize how much of a ki- how much kindness does the same thing. We haven't quite saw that made that shift, in, in being able to recognize how, how how kindness opens us up, how generosity. How love, how compassion and, and, and showing that and de- demonstrating that, that sense of love for my fellow human being and, and, and feeding them or taking care of them or, or lifting them up or giving them an encouraging word or supporting them in any way. That also has those ripple effects. And if more and more people have that, those, those thoughts of I'm gonna, I want a world that works for everybody. I want a world that has uh, everybody's economics is, is is good. I want people who, who who stand up for each other, care for each other. That we we've gotta we've gotta not only individually find that within us, but collectively, more and more of us gotta stay into that higher level because otherwise, the world of pain and sorrow and suffering and grief and chaos will pull us down. It just will. And it
1: definitely will. Words and thoughts have meaning. Mm -hmm. They have meaning in the world. There's a physicality, right? When we forget, when we forgive others, and most importantly, when we forgive ourselves, Mm -hmm. it's like this weight comes off of our body Mm -hmm. and it just becomes magical that all of a sudden we're more sprightly. We can move, we can love, we can connect. Something happened, something shifted us, right? Feelings have a physical presence in our body. Feelings are supposed to come to us and through us. For me, it's about doing our inner work. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead. All of us have something to do, right? Ir- regardless of what it is, nobody lived the perfect life, right? There's, there was no, <laughs> no. manual on that unless you got it because I, I, I didn't get it.
0: There's no manual for that. You know, we don't have that. It's not like, oh, this is the way, this is the perfect life. You know, this is, there's no manual this for that. The,
1: there is no manual. And there is and no so perfect life.
0: So it's like, and there
1: is no perfect life. Yeah. And so we learn by example. We learn by what feels right. And we know instinctually what feels right. Mm-hmm. I've, I work with a lot of individuals that they're going on a certain path and it's not working for them. How's it working out for you? It's not working out for you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, how do I go back to who I really came here to be? And they find it difficult at times. And they're Right. Because they learn to be this other person, right? When we talked about last time, that mask, you know, I wear a mask for mom, I wear a mask for dad, mm-hmm. brother, sister, teacher, preacher, whoever you want. We're wearing all these different masks that we don't even know who we are at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Mm-hmm. How do we take off the mask? every single one of them to come to the core of my being of who I came here to be. I came here to be love, right? I came here to share love. I came here to enjoy who came here for horrible things. I know I don't. Yeah. And, no. and in knowing that when we start to do our own inner work, we start to bring that sensitivity, bring, tap more into our humanity because we've been numb to our humanity. Let's mm-hmm. call it like it is. We are numb to our humanity. We will see somebody suffering right next to us and do nothing. And I'll share this story. I remember part of a very elite club of leadership individuals. We were going through an exercise. And as we walked into lunch time, into this beautiful room, we started to see all the distinctions. Here's this beautiful banquet table, chandeliers, napkins, all these beautiful things. And as you looked to the left, start seeing the tables that they started different, less nice, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, there's this row of chairs right by us. And I can tell you, Charlie, that moment in time changed my life forever, Mm. forever. As we all sat down, some people are eating really nice meals. Others are eating sandwiches. Some people, the ones that were on the chairs were eating soup right? That's all they were given. And I was on the, I was in tears. I wasn't on the verge of it. In the beginning, I wasn't. And then I'm like in tears. And I looked at my classmates and I said, how can you sit here? As you see our classmates, our friends. And at that moment, they didn't have any food in that moment. They were just sitting there watching everybody eat during lunchtime. How can you sit here and pretend there's nothing happening? So let's stop pretending. Let's stop numbing ourselves Mm -hmm. to what's possible. Let's stop numbing ourselves to the injustices in this world and in life and what's happening. Mm -hmm.
2: Right.
1: I think that too many times it's so much easier not to say something, not to do something, not to put ourselves out on the line. And that's really what leadership is about. It's not about being popular.
0: No, it's not. And and sometimes you have to make decisions and choices. Uh, that go against the grain of what may be uh, the, the popular you know, feeling or sentiment or belief at that time. But because you've got to think of everyone involved, you've got to make decisions and choices that are going to be for the greatest good for all. I mean, that was just one of those fundamental grounding principles as a leader and empathizing and seeing the bigger picture and carrying that vision and, being, and getting people excited about what that vision looks like. What does that vision look like, and getting them to participate in that vision, and feeling like they have something to say and they have something of value, and and, and getting their spirit engaged in something that's going to, you know, invigorates uh, our our culture, our society, our communities, our businesses, our families with passion and, and love and, and joy. I mean, that's really what you want, and I think that we we uh, we have to be able to look at these times. And be able to call in us, inside of us, what are those qualities that bring out the best in me? And these are leadership qualities. And I think your program and the things that you do, Rocio, is outstanding. And could you share some of these, these leadership qualities, the characteristics, the traits that are in all of us that, you know, we just need someone to be able to help massage it out of us a little bit. Can you share with us some of those qualities for us?
1: Definitely,
0: But first and foremost, the empathy. Mm.
1: It's so important. Get into somebody's world. Forget about wearing their shoes because we'll never be able to wear their shoes. Mm. And if we had to walk a mile in somebody's shoes, I can guarantee you that most of the time we would not want to. Mm. We would not want to. We would really reconsider the way that we're thinking and the way that we're being and the way that we're judging that person. And then in that is really to understand where am I coming from? How am I? program naturally as a human being immediately we see three pieces of information that are presented to us at any given point in time and out of those three we delete we distort and we generalize information how about we stop mm-hmm. right? right how about we take a moment how would we take a breath and take a look and look wow i wonder what this person's really saying mm-hmm. can i really hear them Mm-hmm. Because immediately if somebody says, well, I want to go to, let's say that we're at a party and we, now we want to go out to dinner. Well, I want to go out to dinner at this part of town or this type of restaurant. Like, oh, no, I don't like that. How about we get to figure out why does that person like that? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to them? Maybe, maybe that's their mom's restaurant. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's their favorite food. Maybe we're missing out on a whole world just by saying no. Mm-hmm. So empathy and connection, awareness is the next thing. Not only being aware of ourselves, that's the most important thing, definitely, to get to know the awareness of others. Sometimes we're watching people, they're super uncomfortable, they're almost hiding under the desk or the table, <laughs> right. and we're just continuing to talk. Okay, right. How about stop, yeah. Yeah. listen, figure out how's it landing, look at the... Develop your sensor acuity. Start looking at their face and figuring out whether it's landing there or not. Are they really listening? Are they hearing? Do they feel heard? When, to me, true communication happens when two individuals walked away, touched, moved, and inspired from that conversation, Mm -hmm. right? They start connecting. They start seeing each other, and they're like, wow, now I can really hear this person. I feel like I'm heard. Mm -hmm. And something greater came out of this. Most of the time, one person wins and the other person loses. Empathy, true communication, true authenticity. We're too afraid yeah. to share who we are. Wow, oh. what a concept, right? We start talking yeah. and we forget about it, right? We, we're talking at this level, superficial level. And I've sat in front of many, many individuals, Charlie, in moments where I said, what's your superpower? Mm-hmm. What inspires you? What was your childhood dream? And all of a sudden, that person just becomes even more human in that moment. Mm-hmm. They're more connected to their humanity. They're always human. They're more connected to their humanity in that moment. They're like, wow, like nobody asked me that. And even their body language says it all. Mm-hmm. They go from being completely stiff. I'm right here in a business meeting to like, I can breathe. Like, I can be here with you now. <laughs> yeah. What a concept, right? We don't share our story. We don't share ourselves with people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What happens if people understood that you were, in my case, a runaway? Like, mm-hmm. I stand in front of people and I tell them I was a runaway. I was a teenage mother. I was pregnant at 14. Wow. I was a dropout. And people are like, wow, like, that's the person I want to talk with.
0: Yes. Well, they're going to talk to people like you and others who have been able to overcome Uh, Life challenges in a way that has not only bettered themselves, but is an inspiration to those that are following behind that may feel like there is no hope for them or that this is a life sentence and this is what I have and there's no change. I, I can't make a change in my life. And I just love how you're, what you say about being authentic. Authenticity, I think, is something that we are in such a, we're, we're craving it. Our souls are absolutely craving authentic people, genuine, sincere, honest. No, no bullshit kind of people. No, none of this fake stuff. None of we want people. Show me your vulnerability. Show me your 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 goofiness. Show me your weakness. Show me the. Let, don't pretend to be something that you're not. And because I think we we're kind of into this conundrum that we're in culturally and society because we we can't be our authentic selves. And there's this there's this effort by many people that are are really trying to say it's okay to be you. It's okay to be you. You're, you're good enough just as it is. And I think the more we can allow people to be seen, the more we allow them to become who they were meant to become and, and to be able to shine through and show off their soul, show off their gifts in a way that wouldn't have been possible before had they not been allowed to express their authentic selves.
1: And be with my humanity.
0: Yeah. Be with yeah, yeah, my yeah.
1: humanity. I think leadership. A lot of people are like I don't want to go into leadership because it's going to sidetrack me. Or people are just going. I, I'm going to have to deal with emotions. We're humans, mm-hmm. right? Let's remember that we're humans. We're not robots. Be with my humanity. Be with my emotions in the here and the now. And who knows? Maybe if you allow me to, uh, maybe if you allow me to say what's going on with me, mm-hmm. then life, I can move on life would be better. I've had individuals who were drill sergeants, and they never knew what was going on with individuals until the day they asked them. Mm. They're about to fire people. What's going on with you? What's happening? How come you're not hitting your numbers? How come you're not making it to the meetings? And they realized that this person finally was authentic enough as well to ask and the employee enough to answer and say, I have a health issue, right? How does that change the world, right? Not that you're going to be able to take care of the health issue because we're not doctors unless you're a doctor and that's your patient. (laughs) The fact of the matter is being with a person's humanity and figuring out what's happening for them, what's going on in their world frees them up. If somebody walks around and is asking everyone, like, how are you today? Like Mm -hmm. something as simple as that. How are you? I remember that from my son when he was growing up. I would ask him every single day, son, tell me something exciting about your day. What happened today? And I also remember the day that I did not mm,
2: mm. It was
1: actually in the Denver Post. He was in the newspaper. And I found out the next day. And I said, son, why didn't you tell me, mom, it's because you didn't ask me. Oh. Uh, uh, Something so simple. Yeah. How about we just take a moment and really mean it, Charlie, because a lot of us are offering things. Oh, I have an open door policy. You can come to me for anything. You could ask me for anything. Help. But yet would somebody ask you for help? We're not always there for help, right? Mm-hmm. We're out there where it's going to make a difference. And I remember a particular situation in my life where a, a friend of mine called me as I had some major family issues. My father was in ICU and coma, and she asked me, "Rosia, what do you need? What do you need? I don't know. I'm sleeping on the floor. I've been here for days. I would love to have a pillow. Oh, no, I can't get it they, because they have it there at the hospital. Well, not the one that I want, right? So be willing to do what you say you're going to do. If you're Mm -hmm. going to offer something, be authentic about it. Don't just say it hoping that nobody's ever going to take you up on the (laughs) offer and then get upset at the fact that they take
0: you up on the offer. I know. It's like, I offer this to you. And then when when somebody takes you up on that offer, they're like, oh, gosh, now I got to follow through on it. No, that's not being an integrity. That's it's not al- that's not being an alignment. That's that's being in dis. Now, what is really important is to be able to make sure you have good, healthy boundaries because empathy without boundaries is self destruction. I mean, yes. you'll destroy yourself. You'll, you'll people will you will find people because you th- those of us who have a are very empathic we have a giver esteem system our esteem system is based on giving if i give 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 you know people will find me of value and i i feel good and i'm being in service and those things but you also like you said at the beginning you got to take care of yourself you got to know where your boundaries are you got to you got to know where where you stand and and be in your power you got to be in your power because otherwise, you're going to get people who will come in and they'll, they'll siphon you off. They'll, they'll take advantage of you. They'll drain your energy. You'll be constantly depleted. They'll be calling you in the wee hours of the morning. So it's like you got to find a balance at the same time so that you're not over overengaging uh, and possibly people you know, m- taking advantage of your generosity. Uh, did you find that as well when you're working with clients and of having to teach that as part of the leadership training?
1: Most definitely, and that's one of the greatest things, right? A lot of people go into sympathy.
0: Yeah.
1: And all of a sudden, instead of having one person going through cancer and crying, you have two people crying because here's the person who's going through whatever it is that they're going through, and now here's the other person who's tapping into their own feelings, own circumstances, own past, own pain, and bringing it into that present moment. Nobody's going to move forward through that. Mm -hmm. I see you. I can definitely empathize and sympathize with you. And I'm so sorry that you're going through this. How can I be of service? Is there anything that you can say, be, do, have, whatever, how can I support you in this moment and allowing that person to express it? Maybe they just want to be heard. Maybe like Rocio, all I needed was a pillow, right? In that moment, that's all I needed was a pillow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I just wanted a
1: pillow. every moment in in a situation like that, every moment is precious. Mm -hmm. Right? There's no room to leave and say, hey, and there was no Uber at the time to call Uber up. Can you deliver this for me? Right, right. And it's just life. right? Mm-hmm. And how do we stand in that moment to be able to, to see what's possible for another person? Because when we see a person for where they're at, they're always going to be there. Mm-hmm. When we're, we can see the potential and see the where they can be, they will be. Because we can speak that life into their own existence by just
0: the mirror of who we're being in that moment. Mm-hmm. I think that's so beautiful. Uh, that's really... And it, I think it taps into also being able to uh, activate in somebody their ability to imagine something different for themselves. That you can use in your imagination uh, to be able to create and, um, and see things that are not there necessarily. Visualize it and incorporate it. and Being able to... You know, when when and I use this as an example for, for you know, when people were, were in prisoner of war camps in Vietnam, they, in order to survive some of those situations, they were imagining the house that they were going to be building in every room and every second. And that was an extreme situation. But once they got out of that situation, they got out of the, the camps, they went and built that house. <laughs> they imagined it for themselves and they went out and built it. And so many people don't recognize how, or... You know, the, the educational system and other things have has snuffed out the, that creative spark that's in every soul, you know, that, that allows us to create our environment, that allows us to create the life we want to live. It is there. And relearning how to tap into that. How do we do that, Rocio? How do we learn how to tap back in to our imagination? that allows us to be able to create new lives and not feel like we are stuck in this past conditioning which has been programmed into us just by virtue of living our lives and these thought forms that we were talking about earlier when we're how do we engage this like this power pack this 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 force that's inside of us that can say we can we can imagine something new
1: This is phenomenal because I've lived my entire life from here. Mm. Imagination was the key to my survival and to me being here. And that's in looking at, remember, as we tap into that childlike energy, we forgot to have fun. Okay. That's where creativity comes from. Mm -hmm. Children can imagine anything. (laughs) What if we were just to take a step back and take a look at ourselves and say, hey, What is it? Am I not having fun? Am I not giving myself enough time? Am I taking myself too serious? Mm. And another thing, Charlie, is that leadership takes courage. It takes courage to be in a leadership position. Mm. It takes courage to go through a leadership program. It takes courage because we must look at ourselves. Mm. And sometimes we're pointing our fingers elsewhere, whatever. And how about we just turn it around and look here? Mm -hmm. And not only look here. It's a mirror. Look at that particular mirror and see how it's serving us and take a look at, wow, now I see the things where I'm not being empathetic. And I'll be the first one to put myself out there. I remember in 2013, I went to a leadership camp. And I thought I was a rock star. I'm like, yes, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be leading people. And I knew there was something inside of me that was very strict, very stern. I was like very military. I'm Results. Reasons are results. Give me the results. And I remember as we're choosing who that leader is going to be on the first activity, we're going around in a circle. And I was in for a rude awakening. Mm-hmm. It was a complete rude awakening when I looked at myself, when people were telling me to see I don't feel like I'd be authentic around you. that. You're really going to understand me. You're too perfect. Mm -hmm. You're too this. You're too that. And I said, wow, here's a moment for me to learn Mm -hmm. and really understand. And I took that to heart. I took that feedback and I said, thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable enough to show me who I am for you in this moment. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And let me tell you, after days and days, there's moments where, and we all had to rotate leadership constantly. And I remember some moments I'm walking down like military and like, we've got this, you know, one, two, three, and, we, and chanting mm-hmm. at the top of my lungs so my entire team can hear me and being vulnerable. And I remember that I was more focused on the task than I was in the people.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: It yeah, was a yeah. moment
1: that we had to get across this body of water. Yeah. Someone was afraid for their life and wouldn't get into the water. I had to learn empathy because in that moment, failure was not an option. Mm -hmm. Some way, somehow, I had to serve this person. and some way, somehow, they had to get on that boat into the water.
0: Do you think, uh, Rocio, that as far as leadership concerns, I think one of the biggest jumps is – Learn, uh, leaders, we we we've, we've come to we've downloaded. Or we under, you know, maybe it was Machiavelli when he wrote the book The Prince, that leadership was about fear. It was about you know in, instilling fear into others. You know, I, I'd rather be feared than loved. Um, do you think you know? But I, when you when you get into that understanding of empathy and how important it is to understand the people that you that work for you, that you, you've been given this position, it's a re, you, it's a position of, of responsibility. And, you know, and getting them to understand and, and for you to love them and empathize with their condition and their experiences and their and their their hopes, their dreams, their their sufferings. And that that actually is a stronger bond than one of fear. Are, are, do you think we're in this transition as well as we're moving from this paradigm of fear towards love and maybe we're struggling with it because we still don't quite understand how it works yet?
1: Most definitely. I think we're, we struggle as human beings to think that everything could be perfect, that mm-hmm. to think that people can be cordial with each other, to think that we can all have everything, right? Because we've been programmed that there's scarcity, that there's fear, and that unless you do, as I say, things aren't going to work out. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? We create our world. We've been creating this. Everything that we are already created. Mm-hmm. And when we really take responsibility, because it takes responsibility, it is, again, taking that mirror and turning it back onto ourselves and saying, how am I contributing to this? Mm
2: -hmm. Because
1: even the fact that somebody's talking bad about someone else, me not saying something that I will not stand for gossip Mm -hmm. or anything less than love or anything less than being cordial with somebody and really respecting them, then it doesn't happen, right? We're looking at it through that perspective, through that lens, and we continue to think that it's somebody else that created this. How about our contributions to it? Mm -hmm. How about our responsibility into it? How about our impact to it? Mm -hmm. And the fact that this person said or did or whatever they did and we didn't act, it's just as bad as if we would have done it ourselves. Mm -hmm. I might as well be the person who injured that person or hurt them or said something because I'm standing for it. I'm not saying anything about it. Mm -hmm. Either I'm standing for it or I'm standing against it. Mm And what's possible? I'm standing for love.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when we start looking at that, one of my coaches has an extraordinary saying that says, "When love is there, and fear comes knocking on the door, love answers, and there's no one there." <laughs> that's great. Right? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. And that's the beauty of it when yeah. we look at it from that lens. Who do I want to be to the world? <laughs> Who do I want to be? And we can shift it's a moment by moment decision how i choose to show up in this world Mm -hmm. like who do i choose to show up i want to be the person even though i didn't grow up in the most perfect environment or any close to any anyone's imagination (laughs) i know who i want to be for my family and Mm -hmm. i know who i'm being for my family I am committed to being that person that touches, moves, inspires, listens to my family members, gets them excited. I want to be their best friend, right? Mm -hmm. I'm committed to being their best friend, that they can come in and tell me anything and everything, and that I can be here to support and serve them Mm -hmm. along their journey. Mm -hmm. What would that look like if we were to look at life through those limbs? Because when we change the way we look at life, the very life that we look at changes. Dr. Wayne Dyer, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> so oh, he was
0: amazing. I loved. It. God rest his soul. He was a beautiful man and so inspirational. His books uh, were some of the most uh, important books uh, as I was going through my own uh, healing and transformation. He, he was critical, critical, critical in my development.
1: Right. So. One of the greatest things that I say anyone can do is take a look at themselves, Mm -hmm. take yourself through your own leadership journey, because yes, we can guide people just like I did for 17 and a half years over and over again. I got curious around 16 and a half, 17 years down the road. I'm thinking, all these people are having extraordinary success. Maybe it's time for me to go ahead and turn the mirror on myself, take a look at what I'm doing, what I'm not doing, how I'm being and not being. And all of a sudden, I really got to know me. Everything I had thought I knew about me was actually (laughs) the complete opposite. You know, I was running around, and even though I was building people, I wasn't feeling worthy of my success. Right, right. I wasn't feeling vulnerable where people can let their guard down around me. As a matter of fact, I was 36 years old one day. I was at a conference, Charlie. And I'm volunteering because I had gotten so much out of that. This was my own awakening. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to give back so I'd go from conference to conference to conference and giving back and just being of service. And I remember as we had set up for this particular conference, we're sitting down in a circle. And they asked us, what is it that you need to let go of Mm -hmm. in this moment so Mm -hmm. we can be present and serve these people that we're here to serve? And I was sobbing, Charlie. Mm -hmm. I said, I didn't know that I didn't need to be perfect in order to be loved. Yeah. I was 37 years old. I had lived my entire life seeking perfection Yes, because I thought perfection would get me love.
0: And so many people feel that way. You know, uh, perfectionism is a it's a a disorder. It's a disease in the sense of a dis ease, not like, you know, something wrong with the body. It's a it's a disorder of the mind that makes you think I have to be perfect in order for people to love me. If I'm perfect in any way and all this and I do everything right and I don't and I don't have to deal with any of these shadows or anything on this, people will love me. And, I, and so it's this effort, but it it's comes with a lot of uh, dangers and, and, and you're not able to really be able to see the truth of who you are. And you're always trying to be something else for everybody, but it, it, you're betraying yourself. It's a big, huge betrayal. It's a big, huge self-betrayal because you're not allowing yourself to just say, you know what, I'm a human being. I'm going to make mistakes, but what I'm definitely not going to do is I'm not going to harm anybody else. I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm not going to hurt you. Perfectionism can lead to harm if it's in its, its extreme cases. Yes?
1: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Because like perfection, we will never get to perfection. No. no.
0: We're
1: much better off just moving forward, making it happen. And we're going to make mistakes. Being mm-hmm. okay to make mistakes along the way. We are human. And it's okay to correct and continue. Nobody got it Perfect. Nobody, every product, a table, a chair, a light, whatever it is, a computer, how much R&D went into it, right? Mm -hmm. How much time, individuals, thoughts, we're much more forgiving of others than what we are of ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. So let's stop pointing fingers and let's start opening our hearts. Let's start getting curious about who people are, how they've lived, how they haven't lived. Let's walk a mile in their shoes. Mm -hmm and let's get into their world and really listen, authentically listen, not what we want to hear because a lot of the time we start interjecting our thoughts. Oh, this is what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. No, you haven't heard me, right? And then we lose them and then we wonder we wonder why these individuals are not happy around us.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does
1: that look like? What would true listening and true hearing of someone look like, yeah. right? Mm-hmm.
0: It it looks great. When you're listening to you could see, you know, one of the things that is so important when I'm working with people and talking to parents about their children, especially in these teenage years, you got to listen to what's going on with your children. You've got to listen, hear them, hear what they have to say. It's the same thing when you're in the relationships. You got to listen to the other person. If the other person doesn't feel heard, they're going to respond and react in different ways. It's the same thing in our, in our, in our businesses, in our communities. In, when you're in a leader, you've got to listen. You've got to hear people. You've got to understand where they're coming from. And there's a, ch- there's a change, at least I'm sure you've seen it when, when you're working, in that person's face. They, they, they feel lighter. They feel better. They feel like the, you know, they start smiling again. They laugh again. There's, there's just something that happens that you, it's just all a part of just listening, just listening and allowing them to be heard. And boy oh boy do we need that today. Do we need that today in our in our in our culture? In and our we society. need it
1: more than ever, Charlie, yeah. right? We definitely great point. We do need it. And our kids are crying, you know, our mm-hmm. kids we're losing our kids. We're losing our connection. Yeah. We're losing what's so precious and so in front of us. Why? because we're not willing to listen Mm -hmm. authentically. Take the moment, stop and listen. It may take you an extra three to five minutes to actually hear what they're saying, right? As opposed to wondering, how do I take this child and fix them? They don't need to be fixed. There's nothing (laughs) wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with us,
0: okay? We're
1: perfectly perfect the way we are. We're just not
0: hurt. That's it. We're not honored. (laughs) We're not
1: seen. We're not acknowledged. We're not acknowledged for our contributions that we're making and we're being seen for all the things that we're not doing correctly. What would happen if we were to be honored in that way?
0: Mm. Oh, my gosh. uh, To be able to be seen and to to honor people and acknowledge people and value and cherish them for what they're doing. I, I, I certainly acknowledge and honor you for the amazing contributions and leadership that you are showing for your community, for The Denver, for the entire state, for for the entire nation, what you're doing is you're standing up and showing other people there is a different way to move through life, and you can do it, and you're inspiring people, uh, and you're inspiring women and men. Uh, So I acknowledge you for so much.
1: Thank you so much, and I acknowledge you, Charlie, for all the love and the compassion and the empathy and all the possibilities and probabilities that you help people see for themselves. And your contributions in this world because the ripples of your impact you
0: will never know isn't that the truth <laughs> well thank you i uh i'm very very moved by that um i can't believe it's two o'clock <laughs> <laughs> I how does like this we
1: need another three hours okay? i guess
0: we could just keep going hours? on and on and on i don't know if <laughs> um, we do, have to... we do. <laughs> something we need to do like a conference Uh, you know, maybe getting an actual group of people together. We'll we'll figure it out, Rocio. But it has been such a delight to have you on the show. Um, And how can people get in contact with you, um, buy your book? I certainly want you to be able to pitch your book real quick.
1: We have my books right here. (laughs) Plenty of copies right here, as we're seeing my book right there, Unstoppable. People can get a hold of me by 303-587-8367. 303-587-8367. They can call me. They can text me. They can email me. They can let me know. I was on the council right there. (laughs) Let me know where you heard me from. And we also have a book coming out, Ripple Effects. And that book is completely on fire. We're doing releasing a powerful, powerful exercise for the individuals who fight it during the pre-sales. And it's just extraordinary of who I choose to be. People... Charlie, when they buy the book at times, I've had people buy it at night in the morning. They're on my morning calls and they're on fire. They're, they get on the phone and they're like, I'm unstoppable. And I'm thinking, yes, you are. You are unstoppable. And it's so beautiful to see so many people's lives transformed. They're choosing who they are be.
0: Oh, that's amazing. That's beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the transformation that... You're giving to people and allowing them to be who they were meant to be uh, from the start and to inspiring people. I just uh, phew, I can't wait till to, to, to we can get a chance to do this again. Um, uh, I just want to do a quick shout out to KUHS Denver. KUHSDenver.com. Uh, we are broadcasting live here in Denver, Colorado from uh, our, our, our main station, our, 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 our ship here, uh, uh, captained by Henry Archuleta. He's <laughs> our captain. He's the, uh, and he. Uh, thank you, Henry, for all that you do for us here at KUHS. We've got amazing shows, programs, VDJs, uh, music selection, uh, personalities. Uh, what a great place uh, for you to come to. And thank you for all of you who tune in from all around the world. Uh, that are listening to KUHS, the stream, and, and that tune in uh, every uh, couple weeks for here for the council. I really appreciate it. It is an honor and a privilege to, uh, to be your host uh, here. And I just want to thank each and every one of you. Um, Rosio, before we go, is there anything you'd like to add before we sign off for today's show?
1: Thank you for your generosity. I will leave us with this thought. What if we were all courageous? What if we all took leadership in our own hands? What would the world look like if we started to look at everyone through a lens of love, empathy, compassion, truly being authentic, truly getting into people's shoes, truly taking care of ourselves and allowing others to
0: take care of themselves as well? We're one race. Oh my God, we are one race. (laughs) We are definitely one race. And I want to be able to share with you a poem uh, you know before we sign off just really quick it was a poem that was written by a uh, let me get to the page here Um, James James Whitfield he was an African American abolitionist during the Civil War and um, I wanted to kind of give you a, a little story before I read this and close the show today about the origins of Memorial Day I was just kind of touching on it earlier on in the, when we began the show and Memorial day was actually started in 1865. That's the, where we started in the United States, um, in Charleston, South Carolina. That's where the, like the first, uh, effort by that kind of just grassroots sprung up this reconciliation, honoring gesture for the people who had fought in that war. And, uh, many Americans died in that. And it was in South Carolina and that, There was 257 Union soldiers that had died and perished that had not been buried there. And the freed uh, African-American slaves, the freed black slaves there uh, had saw that, had decided to build a cemetery and uh, constructed it and then buried the Union soldiers there. It took them about two weeks. And then on May 1st, 1865, they had what was called Decoration Day. And there's 10,000 people that came out that day to celebrate. Most of them were the freed black s- slaves and their children. Uh, they sang hymns. They recited prayers. Other people from Charleston came out there and uh, to honor those 257 Union soldiers who had fought for their freedom. And what they would do is they would they, would, they threw flowers. They strewed the graves with flowers. And this was one of the correspondence, the newspaper correspondents, for that event. Uh, said there, was, there wasn't a tear that wasn't shown on someone's face. There were so many because the flowers had piled up so high on these, uh, these soldiers who had died that, you know, just to celebrate. And if you can get that, there were so many flowers that you couldn't even see the ground. Uh, that's how many flowers there were. And that's our, orig- our origination of Memorial Day. Those are reconciliation, gestures, and I think they could really influence and uh, play a part in, in, uh, in maybe some of the movements and the things that we can do today to bring reconciliation and healing to our, to our communities. Uh, let me read uh, his, uh, this poem. Um, it was written right after the end of the Civil War. Father, before thy throne come, not in the panoply of war, with peeling trump and rolling drum, And cannon booming loud and far. Striving in blood to wash out blood. Through wrong to seek redress for wrong. For while thou art holy, just, and good. The battle is not to the strong. But in the sacred name of peace. Of justice, virtue, love, and truth. We pray and never mean to cease to weak old age and fiery youth, in freedom's cause their voices raise and burst the bonds of every slave. Till north and south and east and west, the wrongs we bear shall be redressed.
1: Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for your generosity in reading that, sharing that. I can feel it.
0: Uh, thank you. Uh, and everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the council. Um, hang in there. Stay strong. Be courageous. Stay healthy. The council is adjourned. May you all be well. May you all be free of pain and suffering. May you all be whole. God bless everyone.
1: You're amazing, Charlie. Oh, thank you. It's a shame. All this